On September 24, 1938, at 1.30 a.m., Adolf Hitler and Neville Chamberlain concluded their talks on the Sudetenland of Czechoslovakia. Chamberlain agreed to Hitler's demands, and this was codified in the Gothenburg Memorandum, which was promptly rejected by the Czech government and the British government. Nonetheless, a few days later, German, Italian, British, and French leaders agreed to what became known as the Munich Agreement, which essentially allowed the Germans to annex the Sudetenland, one of the most significant events in the lead-up to World War II. Neville Chamberlain famously said that this meant peace in our time, one of the worst predictions of all time. Also on September 24, 1938, Kansas played Texas in football and beat them 19-18. to This game was played at Memorial Stadium in Kansas. It was between a Longhorn team coached by Dana X. Bible that would finish 1-8 and and a Kansas team that would finish 3-6. and This was an insignificant game with teams that were very insignificant at the time. And when you look at what was going on in the world, it was incredibly, incredibly insignificant. Kansas would not beat Texas in football again until 2016. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because this is the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week. Welcome to the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week series. I'm sorry I had to get my Dan Carlin hardcore history on at the beginning of this podcast, but I love to do that when I can, and it usually happens when a team hasn't beaten another team for a long, long time, and we could say, hey, what happened? What was the world like last time this significant event happened? What was the world like the last time Kansas beat Texas in football before 2016. And so I like to take a look back and, and, you know, sometimes there's not a significant thing that happens on that date. And sometimes there's uh, Neville Chamberlain giving over the Sudetenland to Nazi Germany. We're not going to talk about that anymore. So if you're like, I tuned in to hear uh, talk of Kansas and Texas, that's what we're talking about from now on. Um, you can, uh, we can talk about history another time. So Kansas against Texas Carter Stanley, the quarterback of Kansas that game, who was the quarterback of Kansas up until this last year, he is our guest. Um, very good conversation. Uh, you know, we, we, as you may have noticed on several of these episodes so far, sometimes we do veer into talking about other things about a person's career. And uh, we did talk about what's it like playing for Coach Miles, Coach Les Miles, because he played under Coach Miles last year. But for the most part, we talked about this incredible game. Now, if you are a Texas fan, first of all, you're not listening. Um, second of all, if you're not a Texas fan, then you loved this game because pretty much everyone else in the Big 12 loved this game. This was one of the most unexpected wins ever. Um, but at the same time, the way Texas was this season in Charlie Strong's final season, it was kind of not surprising. But there was a lot. This game is more than just an upset. There, This was a very, very, very strange game. And we're going to get into that. But first, let's talk about Reptown Jeans. You've heard me talk about Reptown Jeans on the podcast many times. And I've said many times, hey, it's I love my Reptown Jeans. I love how comfortable they are, how stylish they are, the little stretch that they have. 
They're great. However, it's so hot I can barely, I can never wear them. Well, I wore them the other day. Um, I, I was interviewing someone um, for my job as a writer, and I thought I should look a little snazzier. And so I wore my jeans, and it was like 110 degrees. And you know what? They're so light and comfortable. It really wasn't bad. I wasn't uncomfortable at all. So I will take back what I've said about maybe it's too hot to wear jeans. Maybe I'm going to wear jeans all the time, but I'm only going to wear my RevTown jeans, which you can get at RevTownUSA.com. So Kansas beat Texas in football. How many times have we heard that phrase? We love to say that phrase. And I, when I say we, I mean OU fans, OSU fans, Texas Tech fans, TCU, Baylor, anyone that's not a Texas fan. And honestly, maybe Kansas fans don't like saying it because of the inference there. And that's actually going to make this episode a little bit difficult to talk about because I don't want to be rude um, because I imagine if you're listening to this and you're not a regular Big 12 Bullets listener, then you are a Kansas fan, most likely. But we got to be honest here. You know your team is not good at football. You're getting a lot better I love what Les Miles is doing there. Puka Williams Jr., what a player. I think Kansas is on the up and up, but at this time, they were not on the up and up. In fact, that's what makes this game so significant is how bad Kansas was before this game and how bad, honestly, they were after this game. This was kind of the definition of a fluke. So I'm just going to run through a few stats to show you how bad Kansas was at football and how significant this game was. So Kansas went into the 2016 season on a 15-game losing streak. That's more than a whole season. 15-game losing streak. They did beat Rhode Island 55-6, to so that ended that. But their Big 12 losing streak expanded all the way, and yes, I'm just reading from Wikipedia right now, so if you're like, this is, this is what I read on Wikipedia. Listen, I don't just have these stats in my brain. This is from Wikipedia. It expanded to 19 straight Big 12 losses during the season, and that was snapped with the win over Texas. So 19 straight Big 12 losses. They were on a 35-game road losing streak, which expanded all the way to 40 games, and that dated back to 2009. They this was this is a really, 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 really bad football team. Just this season alone, they lost. Games like 37-21 to Ohio, not Ohio State, Ohio, 43-7 to Memphis, 55-19 to Texas Tech, 49-7 to Baylor, 44-20 to Oklahoma State, 56-3 to Oklahoma, 48-21 to West Virginia. However, they had close games. They lost to TCU only by a point, which they did beat TCU a couple years later, so... Maybe they got TCU's number. So they they lose by one point to TCU. They lost by a touchdown to Iowa State the week before Texas. So there is something good happening in this season. And one of those good things is putting in Carter Stanley, who played really well against Iowa State. They didn't win, but he was starting to show something. And that did materialize in this game against Texas. However, I really don't even know that, that you could say, oh, the reason they won is because of Carter Stanley. Now, he played really well. Um, played much better than Shane Bouchelle, but the Kansas defense actually played very well this game. They had the safety Fish Smithson, 
and they had a defensive end, Dorrance Armstrong, who plays for the Cowboys now. So they had some decent players on defense, some actually pretty good players on defense. Let's talk about where Texas was as a team before we get more into the game itself. Texas was 5-5 five and five at the time, so this was fighting for bowl eligibility. This was Charlie Strong's last year. Of course, why is Texas fighting for bowl eligibility in the last game of the season? I mean, that that's... That's inexcusable, and everyone knows that that's inexcusable. But at the same time, you don't want to not make a bowl game. So Charlie Strong's probably getting fired at the end of this anyway, even if they beat Kansas and get bowl eligible in the second-to-last game of the season. That's just that's not good enough, obviously, for Texas. So Charlie Strong wasn't surviving this game anyway, and maybe the players knew that, and that's kind of what was going on in this game. But again, they weren't getting, um, this wasn't like, uh, if you think back to last year when Kansas State beat Oklahoma, Kansas State got out to a huge, a very big lead because things started spiraling on Oklahoma. Things didn't really spiral on Texas until the last bit of this game. So Texas, of course, had Tyrone Swoops, who kind of was the, uh, kind of like the Blake Bell, the the big package, the goal line, the fourth and one quarterback. He wasn't going to be the passing quarterback. And then they had Shane Bouchelle, who... I guess they were pretty set was their quarterback. He did not have a good game. He was through for one touchdown and three interceptions, including a massive, massive interception in overtime that basically lost the game for the team. But that is not how this game started. This game started exactly like a Texas-Kansas game should start. The very first play of the game was a short little pass, and it was run all the way by the receiver for a touchdown by Texas. The very first play of the game, it's 7-0 like that. And you think if you're a Kansas fan, player, coach, all right, here we go again. This is Texas. No matter what their record is, this is what they're going to do to us. And Texas didn't score again for the entire half. Kansas then got the ball. They didn't score. And uh, remember how I mentioned Tyrone Swoops earlier? He got one play in this game. And usually when he came in, it was to run the ball. He dropped back to pass. He tried to run, and he lost a fumble. And that is where things started going poorly for Texas. Though Kansas didn't score on the next drive, right after that, Shane Bouchelle threw the first interception of the day to Fish Smithson. But, 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 Kansas still didn't score. So Texas gets the ball again, and then Shane Bouchelle gave the ball back to Kansas, threw another interception to Brandon Stewart. This time it was a pick six. Kansas's defense said, you know what, we'll do this ourselves. It's now 7-7. Seven to seven. Then Texas gets the ball back. It's all right. It's 7-7. Seven to seven. It's fine. We're Texas. We can handle this. Deontay Foreman then fumbles, re- recovered by Dorrance Armstrong. Kansas gets a field goal out of that. It's 10-7. to seven. Texas is doing literally everything they can possibly do to let Kansas win this game, and Kansas is, like, barely up. You know, if Texas had thrown two interceptions and lost two fumbles and a half against pretty much anyone else, they'd be down by three touchdowns. They're down by three at halftime. This should have been a warning sign to them to get their heads in the game, figured out they can still win this, right? I mean, it's it's Kansas. So Texas takes the lead on a touchdown in the third quarter. Then they have another touchdown called back due to offensive pass interference. And so they settle for a 31-yard field goal, which they miss. One thing that you will notice in big upsets, the favored team often misses very easy field goals. Because that really, nothing gives confidence to an underdog like a very, very easy gimme field goal being missed. 
And that's what happened here. 31-yard field goal missed. But Kansas, because they're Kansas, they did not take advantage of this. They, in fact, fumbled back to Texas, who then gave the ball to Deontay Foreman a bunch of times, and he scored. And so now it's 21-10 to Texas. You're going to hear me say this phrase several different times. It's There's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Texas is up 21-10 to on Kansas. Game over, right? Not quite. So Kansas comes down and scores. It's 21 to 17. There's about eight minutes left. And after a two-point conversion, Texas is up 21 to 18. So they should still win this game, although it's getting a little tight. I need to pause right here and say something about Deontay Foreman for Texas. He carried the ball 51 times in this game. He rushed for 250 yards He averaged five yards a carry, if you're good at math, 4.9 yards a carry. Not hard to do the math. 51 carries in this game. The the only other rushers in this game had negative one, negative two, negative four yards. So he was the only thing Texas' offense really had going for it at all. Besides that first pass that was a long touchdown pass, the passing game was not doing well. So they just kept handing it off to Deontay Foreman. And that was actually not a bad strategy to bleed the clock. Texas has the ball with four minutes left. They're on the 25-yard line headed towards the end zone to put the game away with four minutes left. They hand it off to Foreman one more time, and he fumbles it to Kansas. Kansas now has the ball with a little less than four minutes left with two timeouts. This is their chance. You know, this is their chance to win the game or at least tie the game. And if you remember, and know, obviously you know Kansas wins this game, you're like, oh, this is this must be how they, they tied the game. In fact, it's not. They turned it over on downs. They couldn't convert a fourth and six with two minutes and 38 seconds left to go. And one timeout, game over. Texas breathe a sigh of relief, hand the ball to Deontay Foreman several times, and you're fine. Just get one first down, you're fine. You got this, fam. Game over. On fourth and five with a minute and three seconds left, they handed it off to Deontay Foreman again. He could not convert the fourth down. Okay, whatever. Kansas is going to get the ball with no timeouts and 58 seconds left on their own 28-yard line. There is no way Kansas can get that far to kick a field goal to tie it in 58 seconds. They're Kansas! One big pass play gets the ball down the field, and then Carter Stanley actually makes a pretty good move in the pocket. He stays upright, throws it to a receiver short, and he gets hit late. A roughing the passer penalty puts Kansas into field goal range, and they nail the field goal. Now we're going to overtime. And in the first overtime, second and 10, Shane Bouchelle's trying to make a play. He scrambles in the pocket, and he overthrows his receiver by, I want to say, 50 yards, right into the hands of a Kansas defensive back who almost actually returns it for a touchdown, which would have been very epic, but instead he gets tackled. So then Kansas gets the ball, and we know what happens. Game-winning field goal for Kansas. Texas loses. Charlie Strong loses his job. Kansas wins for the first time in 19 conference games. They beat Texas for the first time since 1938. Now, that is a significant number, but remember, Kansas and Texas were not in the same conference until the Big 12 came around, and they were not in the same division inside the Big 12 until they got rid of divisions. So it's not like they played every year from 1938 until 2016. In fact, this was only the 16th time they had played. 
Kansas won the first two matchups. One, they won 12 to nothing in 1901. Then the 19 to 18 win that we talked about in 1938. And then they didn't start playing again until the mid 90s, until 1996. Texas, of course, won all of those games. Even when Kansas was good in 2008, they did not beat Texas. So this was a huge win. And I know that was a little bit more of a preamble than I normally give before a guest, but I wanted to set the scene because it's a game everyone talks about, but I don't know if everybody remembers the details. So now let's jump into our interview with Carter Stanley. And I want to welcome in former Kansas quarterback Carter Stanley. How's it going, Carter? Doing pretty well. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. I, I am an OU fan, so love talking about Kansas's 2016 win over Texas. <laughs> I uh, so you obviously this is your your redshirt freshman year. You played four more years. Is this the your favorite memory, your favorite game, or you know you guys had a pretty good season you know comparatively with coach miles last season did you have some better memories last season or was this is this still kind of the top memory in your mind um you know it's it's obviously definitely up there um I'd, I'd say a few memories from this past season maybe surpassed it um you know we, we did have some some fun games this year for sure but um no i mean just you know kind of everything putting everything in perspective that uh, that 2016 game against Texas, you know, will forever be an incredible moment. And uh, no, it was just uh, just a really really fun game to be part of. Yeah. So before we we dive into that, can you uh, just give our listeners just a quick background on where you went to high school and how you ended up at Kansas? Yeah. So um, I grew up in uh, Vero Beach, Florida. It's a uh, small town. Uh, you know, pretty much the middle of the East Coast of Florida. Went to uh, Vero Beach High School. My uh, head coach was Lenny Jankowski. And um, I, I really only started my uh, my senior year of high school. So, you know, I, I knew I had to make the most of it. Um, you know, to get recruited to play Division One football, which was always a dream of mine. And, um, no, we were, we were able to have a really good, uh, year, my senior year in high school and, um, had a lot of teams, uh, you know, come up to me my senior year and, and recruited me. Um, a lot of them kind of had the same story of, Hey, you know, we have a, uh, we have a quarterback committed right now, but we really like you, you know, if anything opens up then uh, you know, we'll be sure to offer you and all that. But, uh, no, fortunately enough, uh, about two weeks before signing day, uh, Coach David Beatty and uh, Rob Likens came. Uh, they came in, and you know they were just recently hired at KU. You know, probably a month before, so uh, they came in and offered me about two weeks before signing day. And I went on my official visit, and you know, just really loved the town, loved the coaches, loved you know the campus, and uh, you know decided to commit there. What was it like for a Florida kid going to uh, Kansas? I imagine that was a bit of a culture shock. Yeah, it was, it was definitely different, but um, no, it was something for me that that I really liked because um, you know I was able to go out there and you know experiences experience the different seasons and um, you know definitely definitely a different climate. Uh, you know, it was, it was really cool just you know meeting completely new people too because you know I I was 
you know, really in Florida my whole life. I, I was born in Maryland, but, you know, I moved to Florida when I was like two years old. So, um, you know, really had the same group of friends and uh, same people I grew up with. So it was cool going out to Kansas and meeting, you know, completely new people. And, uh, I mean, the people out here are just like really welcoming and, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely a good experience. That's yeah. What was you mentioned the seasons? What was it like the first time you had to play in a, uh, you know, say thirty degree, forty mile an hour wind game or something like that that you experienced up in Kansas? Was that a, a real uh, difficult thing to overcome at first? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, luckily, you know, you get to practice in it a little bit before. Um, but uh, no, it's funny. I mean, growing up in Florida, we grew up. Uh, where if, you know, you go in the playoffs and you get a game that's 65, you know, you got everyone on your team wearing turtlenecks and hand warmers and gloves and all that. So it was, it was pretty funny, um, you know, going, going from that to, you know, really being in the cold, you know, out in Kansas where, you know, you, you get some games that are definitely, uh, you know, especially with the wind chill, it, it gets pretty cold. So um, that, that first year, it really wasn't too bad of a uh, – you know, fall and like winter weather wise, but no, I mean, it was obviously definitely uh, different coming from Florida. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, we can, we can get into the game. I don't know how to put this lightly, but this was not a great year for Kansas football. You guys had lost nine straight games going into this one. Um, it was the second to last game of the season. What, what is the mood like on a team day in and day out going into practices and things like that when, the losses have been piling up. I mean, is it tough to stay motivated? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some times where it is tough. Uh, you know, there's, there's times where like, you know, you lose that, that sixth game or that, sorry, that seventh game and you realize that you're not eligible to go to a bowl game or anything. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's certain things that happen, uh, that definitely, you know, definitely keep your, your confidence and your, your morale, your team morale high. And, uh, you know, I think for us, it was, uh, against West Virginia. Um, we were at West Virginia. We were not playing well at all in the first half. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, be able to go in kind of late in the third quarter of that game. And, um, you know, we, we kind of, we definitely made some plays and, you know, got some, uh, got some touchdowns and, you know, we, we were really just playing some, you know, some pretty good football in that second half. And um, the coaches decided to give me my first career start that next week against Iowa State. That was a game where, you know, to this day, I'm, you know, I'm still bummed that we didn't win. But we were, uh, I think we were up at halftime, ended up losing 31 to 24, I believe. But that was a game that we knew we were right there. And, uh, you know, we knew we, we had some mistakes that, we could correct that would turn into uh you know a win and sure enough that next week we uh played texas for that for that game and you know we were able to get the win yeah what was the you know obviously you had that that game against iowa state that built the confidence but was there any talk or any extra feeling going into the texas game i mean this was a, a texas team that was kind of a, a you know, they were not, they were not great for a Texas team. They were there for the taking, but at the same time, they're still Texas. They still had tons of talent all over the ball, all, you know, on both sides of the ball. Did you, did you guys have any extra feeling for this game? Like maybe there was a chance. Yeah, I'd say definitely. And, uh, you know, our, our coaches did a really good job of, uh, you know, kind of giving us some motivation for that game because, 
I remember, I think it was uh, the walkthrough before the game, um, you know, it was on a, on a Friday night practice. And, uh, you know, our coach just kind of asked us when we were bringing it up, he was like, all right, let me see a show of hands of, uh, you know, of guys that grew up in Texas. And at the time, I want to say we had like 40 to 45 guys on our team that were from Texas. So, you know, definitely a big number. And um, he, you know, he asked us, now, out of all those guys, who was offered by Texas? And you know, I think one guy raised their hand. Mm. So, you know, that, you know, we definitely had some guys on the team that, that just really wanted this game, you know, whether they grew up watching Texas or, you know, were mad that Texas didn't offer them coming out of high school. And uh, no, I think it was just a bunch of guys really motivated. And, uh, yeah, no, that, that was definitely uh, an incentive for us. Yeah, that's interesting. That is a really interesting motivational tactic because there's guys like that at every team, you know, in the Big 12, I feel like. Um, Definitely. And so Texas maybe always gets that little extra edge from from a lot of these guys when they're playing them. Um, yep. But then Texas comes out, first play of the game, they score a touchdown. And, yep. and after you've lost nine straight games, how hard is that to then to see that and then go, Okay, I, we just have to shake that off, and you know we've got the entire game in front of us. How hard is it not to get down and be like, "Here we go again"? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. That uh, that part of it was it, it, you, you kind of did have one of those feelings where you're just like, "Oh man, like you know, let's let's not make it one of these like you know, it can't it can't go that way that early." But yeah, it was really the first play of the game. They throw like a hitch route, um, break a tackle from you know what ended up being one of our, our best players that year, uh, Fish missing oh, yeah. safety. He, like, led the country in tackles or whatever. And, you know, that, that first play, when they when they took it to the house, we're just like, oh, man. So, but no, at the same time, obviously, you know, we're 15 seconds into the game. We got the whole rest of the game to, you know, go and make up for that. And, you know, slowly but surely, bit by bit, we, uh, we did that. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about this win for Kansas is there wasn't ever really it didn't seem like there was just a moment of the the switch flipped and you guys were suddenly dominating or it was very clear you guys were going to win it was very methodical you stayed in the game big plays by Fishsmith and like you said and um you know the defense made a lot of plays and, and the offense kind of was able to hang around and be there at the end but I don't remember how much time was left when when you guys. I think it was like a minute and a half or something. You had the ball and you didn't score. Did you feel like right. the game was over at that point? I mean, did you think, okay, we're going to get the ball back again? Um, I think it was yeah. Deontay Foreman fumbled. You guys got it and then didn't score. Um, is that was that kind of confidence deflating at that point because it just felt like you weren't going to get the ball back? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely tough um, in the moment, but honestly, we we knew how well our defense was playing, and um, you know, despite you know Dante Foreman, I think he ended up with like 250 yards. He was you know the Derek Walker winner that year, a really good player, and um, no, I mean, despite him having you know a great game, I feel like our defense did an incredible job, and. Uh, no, I, I I did have a feeling that we would get one more chance. I didn't think uh, we'd have much time at all, but you know, sure enough, they uh, you know they made the stop necessary, and you know we got the ball back. And watching watching the the game, you had several several runs where I feel like, and listen, I've never played quarterback. I don't want to tell you how to do your job. It seems like you <laughs> should have slid. 
there were you just feeling a little extra amped up this game it seemed like you were kind of you were going into the hits a little bit too much for a quarterback yeah no i I definitely say so to be honest with you uh but you know again that's i think that's kind of part of it for me or you know i always felt like that was part of it um you know being on a team that was struggling at the time and uh you know I, i would just do anything for that team you know to to give us a spark and uh you know, just to really, you know, put it on the line to, you know, make a play for that team. So, you know, anytime I got the ball, I felt like it was, you know, I felt like I was obligated to make a play and, uh, you know, do something to fire our guys up, you know, just to lift the play of our team. Yeah, you were a, so you were a redshirt freshman, but you this was senior night, I guess it was a day, but senior night yep. game. Um but it seemed like that was a way for you as a, as a freshman to show leadership, like you're saying, to, to inspire people. Is that, is that kind of how you, you saw it? No, definitely. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, uh, playing football for KU for five years, uh, that 2016 was probably my favorite group, you know, as, as far as locker room, like guys in the locker room and, you know, just quality people. And, uh, you know, we, we had a strong senior class that year and, um, you know, it was just a lot of guys that had been through a lot and you know, I, I just really felt like, you know, the whole team was really playing their hearts out just to get one, uh, for those guys. So you guys kick the field goal to go into overtime and then there's the interception in overtime. I mean, what's your thought process? You're headed out there of, I think, you know, like we can win this and, and you know, what, what are you thinking? What I need to do to win the game, get into field goal range. I mean, what's your, what's going through your mind as you're, you're headed out there knowing that the game could be won pretty easily at that point. Yeah. I mean, just really, uh, really managing the game, you know, at that point, um, you know, it's 21, 21, you're getting the ball first and 10 on the 25 yard line at that point, you know, it's, it's nothing, you don't have to be Superman or anything like that. It just, uh, you know, trust in your coaching, trusting your teammates. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if it was on the first play or not, but we had a, uh, a really good run from, I believe Keon Kinner that, uh, you know, I, I really thought he was going to get in the end zone and have a walk off touchdown. But, um, no, our, our guys were, were fighting like crazy at that point. And, um, you know, we were able to get it pretty close to the goal line. And, uh, it's. Uh, I, I think, if I remember correctly, we actually had someone false start, which backed it up. And you know, honestly, I, I want to say that that probably gave us a better angle at the field goal. Um, you know, because sometimes when you're close up and you're you're right next to that goal line, it's uh, you know it can be easy for the the PAT block team, the field goal block team, to block one of those kicks. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that that backed us up a little bit and. You know Matthew Wyman uh, put it through the uprights. What were you? Are you the type of guy who just can't watch uh, a field goal like that, or were you, you know, locked in on it? I was, uh, you know, for that one, I I had to be locked in. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just felt like it was. I felt like that game lasted like six hours. You know, it felt like all day. But yeah. um, that was it was funny. I was definitely. Uh, uh, honestly, I, it's weird. I feel like I kind of look at thinking back on it now. I feel like I kind of like blacked out for a second. I don't know if I was like on a knee or standing up, but no, I definitely remember watching it. And, um, it was, uh, it was honestly pretty close to that left upright, but you know, <laughs> I made it in and, uh, 
it was nuts just running out there on that field. Yeah, what was that like? What was the celebration like? The fans come on the field and, and everything like that. What, what was what were the moments after the kick goes in like? Yeah, uh, just just pure insanity. Honestly, he's uh, he's awesome. You know, just seeing the joy on uh, teammates' faces and um, you know, it was, it was nuts just seeing you know guys pour their heart out that that whole game and uh, you know coaches as well put in so much preparation into that game and. Uh, you know, for, for us to win it in that fashion on a walk-off field goal, is, it was just incredible, you know, seeing guys that you put so much work in with, uh, you know, being that happy and, you know, coming out with a victory. Did it, you know, being a younger guy on the team, did you were you just as happy for those older guys, the seniors, and I guess probably for your coaches as well as you were for yourself? No, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I remember those seniors telling us, um, earlier in that year, you know, just to cherish every moment and, uh, you know, take nothing for granted just because, uh, you know, your, your college experience is going to fly by, they said. And, uh, you know, I just knew how much it meant to those guys. So, uh, you know, coming out with a victory and, you know, just seeing those guys as ecstatic as they were, it was, it was really just an awesome experience. So, you know, I guess did, did any of the guys who like he talked you talked about the guys who were from Texas, uh, did they have a little extra to say to anybody after the game? Anybody on Texas? I mean, was there was it more of a uh, you know sometimes when you when you win a big game, guys want to rub it in people's faces. Was this more of a celebration amongst your your teammates, or were there some guys that maybe were uh, a little extra happy? <laughs> I think, honestly, uh, I think we uh, really kept it amongst ourselves. Uh, you know, we were definitely running around on the field, but, you know, I don't think uh, there was too much communication with those guys at all, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, I think kind of naturally they were they were a little bit shocked and, uh, you know, probably, probably a little bit heated. But, you know, for the most part, I remember those guys just kind of going back to their locker room, um, on that night, but no, it was, uh, I definitely say it was something that we, you know, kind of kept among our team. Yeah. I figured, you know, usually, usually you only get moments like that in, in like the OU Texas game or, you know, a rival, you know, when rivals beat each other, but I just, I wasn't sure. I figured it was more elation on the Kansas side. And so, yeah, so you, uh, you played, I guess what, three, three more years after that, uh, meaning that you played last year, um, with coach miles. What is that yep. like? What is, what is what is playing for Coach Les Miles like? I just I have to know. Awesome. I mean, he's he's just such an awesome guy. Uh, you know, obviously has an incredible resume. Um, you know, legendary coach. And uh, you know, it's funny. I, I tell this story a little bit, and uh, I I told my girlfriend this. You know, the day it happened, but he walks in uh, when he's being introduced as our head coach. And there was no one but, you know, just the players and our athletic director, Jeff Long, walked in, uh, Coach Miles, and, you know, it was kind of a brief uh, meeting. You know, he spoke with us for probably five minutes. And, you know, he's wearing, like, this awesome-looking suit with his national championship ring on. And uh, on his way out, I was I was sitting in the uh, front row of the team meeting room. That's where my seat was. And on his way out, he kind of looks at me and, and gives me a wink. And I told my girlfriend it was more nervous than she's ever made me. So <laughs> that, was a, that was a pretty funny moment. And, uh, no, he's, he's awesome. Um, I also really like the, uh, the assistant coaches that he's hired. You know, he's got a lot of, 
you know, young and hungry guys in that building. And, um, you know, it was, it was really cool playing for uh, Coach Miles this year. Yeah. Uh, I wish I, you know, wish I could have played for him, you know, for a few more years. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel, um, you know, you feel like you, you were part of something uh, obviously, I think you guys won three games last year, and there just seems to be a lot of momentum around the program. Do you feel like a real sense of pride being part of like that foundation that other guys will be able to build on? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think uh, they're doing a great job recruiting right now, but um, you know, they, the guys in that locker room, you know, I think they got enough right now to uh, be able to turn some heads this upcoming season and. Uh, you know, if they, uh, if, if they do what they're capable of doing, they'll, they'll definitely make it to the bowl game. But, um, no, I, I think it's really cool, you know, to be that first team under Coach Miles at the University of Kansas. And, uh, you know, I know uh, the rest of the senior class definitely felt that way. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, what is uh, – going back to the Texas game, this is uh, one of the last questions um, – what's one memory from that game either before after halftime something that maybe most people don't know about that you think back on a lot sheesh i mean there's uh there's there's a few to be honest with you um i mean i i knew we had some guys uh playing banged up for sure like i uh I think I had both of my labrums uh, in each shoulder um, sprained. So I was, I was playing hurt. You know, I, I definitely know there's a lot of other guys playing hurt. Um, trying to think. I know I know Steven Sims made a crucial play in the fourth quarter. Um, Steven Sims was our right wide receiver. He just here with the uh, Washington Redskins and, you know, killed it which is awesome to see because we, we always knew he had that, that talent. So that was cool to see. But in that game, um, I threw it down the left sideline on a go route, kind of right. I don't know if it was technically in the end zone, but it was right on the goal line. And the next day on film, it looks like the Texas player, the defensive back, actually intercepted the ball. But Steven Sims uh, got his hand – like his hand was also – you know, kind of in the, in the, in the mix too. And luckily rip it out right as they were going uh, down to the ground. That's, that's something I definitely think about. Um, you know, that, that play that he made is just unbelievable. You know, it's a play that I honestly don't think a lot of people know about, but, um, you know, just an incredible play by him to, uh, save our chances of winning that game. And, you know, sure enough, I think, uh, you know, a play or two later, we, we hit that field goal to uh, tie it up at the end of regulation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will go back. I'm going to watch the film of that and find that play because part of this That's series, right. I do a, a key play breakdown, you know, kind of a play that made the difference in the game. Maybe that'll be the key play of the week. Definitely. Um, all right. And then last question, and you don't necessarily have to answer this, but uh, – Record prediction for Kansas coming up in 2020. Fingers crossed that there's a season. Yeah, I mean, definitely fingers crossed there's a season. Uh, man, I mean, I just saw uh, the Big Ten is talking about only doing like in conference games or something. But uh, let's see, record prediction. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to see the 
But uh, assuming they they have a twelve game regular season, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, predict that those guys go six and six and uh, make it to a bowl game. You know they got they got Puka Williams running back coming back. He's an incredible player. Uh, you know probably he honestly might be the best football player I've ever seen. Really? And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's saying a lot. He's good. You know I've played at Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and uh, you know Kyler Murray and some of those guys, but. Uh, you know, he makes so many plays kind of out of nothing. And, uh, you know, he's just a really reliable player. They also got uh, Andrew Parchment, a wide receiver coming back. That's, you know, I think he's second in the Big 12 among uh, returning wide receivers. Stephon Robinson, Kwame Lasseter. So they got uh, their skill players coming back. Um, you know, definitely uh, – definitely lose some some great players that we had in this past senior class but no i think uh i think if those guys do what uh they're capable of doing um you know i think it should be a, a six and six full game season for them all right well we will look forward to that um because we're just acting like there is going to be a full 12 game season and right. until we find out otherwise that's what we're acting like and so six and six for kansas that um, I'll mark you down. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting predictions from as many many of the guys I'm interviewing as possible. Everyone's very confident in their own team, so you know somebody's going to be wrong. But I, I'm uh, for your sake, I'm hoping it's not you. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, Scott. I want to thank Carter again for joining us. That was really fun. Um, I, I felt a little weird at the beginning, just kind of like, hey, you know, you guys aren't very good. But it's true. It was very interesting to hear his perspective on Coach Miles as well. Um, of course, this game, like you already know, did not result in Kansas becoming some sort of power. In fact, the next year they won zero conference games. They were 1-11. and And um, eventually they needed to make a coaching change. And that is where Coach Miles came in. It's pretty crazy that Les Miles, who's won a national championship, is at Kansas, and I really have a lot of confidence that he's going to turn that program around, and that will be great for the Big 12 in general to have another good team or at least a competitive team top to bottom. You don't want uh, just dead weight at the bottom. And so maybe many years or in the near future, it won't be significant if Kansas beats Texas or if Kansas beats anyone. But it was significant in 2016, and it remains significant to this day, and that's why I wanted to Concentrate on this game for the Game of the Week series. If you're new here, Game of the Week, I am taking a look at a Big 12 win for each Big 12 team in the lead-up to the college football season. I was hoping that was in the fall. Maybe that'll be in the spring, and I'll just keep going, and maybe I'll do a bowl Game of the Week series. Who knows what I'm going to do if I have to fill time, but we'll have some fun. I One of my goals for this is just to have some fun with college football because right now not a lot of fun is being had because we're just talking about the virus and stuff like that. So we're not going to address any of that here. We're just going to talk about the fun, the fun games of the past. So that's what this series is about. It is presented by Revtown Jeans, my favorite jeans, the most comfortable jeans. And next week, so we don't have any Texas fans listening right now, except maybe one, uh, maybe one or two uh, who just like punishment. But uh, I think they mostly skipped this week. So I'm going to reel them back in because we're going to go to Texas next week. And we're going to take a look at the one time everyone in the conference 
was cheering for the Longhorns. This is the Bedgoods Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week, presented by RefTown. Oh, yeah, questions.